Welcome back, everyone. L.A. Aiko here, Trade Talk with a Hedge Fund Insider. And the bad bear of Auckland is back after a stellar quarter. He's really been kicking butt. My good man, Charlie from Gembot IO. It's so glad. I'm so glad. Excuse me. It's so glad. I'm so glad to have you back. I'm just over here trying to be formal when we're always informal. Charlie, how are you? I, I, I'm just happy to have you. What's going on, man? Really good to be back, Al. Um, yeah. No, it's been an interesting year. And, you know, it's been some time since we uh, last had a chat. I know that the last couple we've done has been on the banks in Australia and New Zealand and also the long-term growth cycle thesis that, you know, is more of a long-term uh, extended thesis that, uh, that kind of more bets on the future. But, you know, this 2020 has had a very, very uh, strong theme, uh, and uh, I wanted to explore that today. Well, I mean, I think we're the trailblazers uh, running around here of these uh, forward-thinking ideas. I mean, I know what we want to focus on today is about preserving your portfolio from uh, drawdowns, and I love that idea because when we were very early in 2021, and most people were saying, you're crazy for even shorting, or some people could agree with us, but they couldn't see why we would deal with all the headache of it. Uh, we have come to see that your short positions have far outperformed your long positions currently, and there still is some room to fall. So I, 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 I am, I'm ecstatic, you know, to not only have you back because you have uh, let me know about a lot of ideas that were going on when we were speaking about the banks in New Zealand and, and they're having already issues uh, with how they're writing their mortgages. So you being back just gives me a lot of excitement, not only for my listeners, but also to learn new things uh, that I'm just not aware of. There's always new market discovery that I need to know. And you're one of my favorite people to get it from. So what do you got? Yeah. Like, you know, let me know yeah, what you're so, thinking. Let me got. So I just wrote a memo, uh, released it today, and it's titled Drawdowns Matter, Less is More. And I really feel like that is the that is the that is the tail of the tape, you may say. Um, and last year was a lot of research. We spent the better part of a year researching and looking at past cycles and understanding what money meant and what these cycle these boom bust cycles meant, and kind of had a strong mental model around how to handle an unwinding and how to handle, um, you know, a, a significant correction, a systemic correction where, you know, everything draws down. You know, it's hard for people to be safe. Think about those bondholders that felt they were safe going into this year and they've been decimated. So that's what it's all about. It's about drawdowns. It's about avoiding them because, you know, if you, if you lose 30% of your value of your book, you got to get, a lot more than 30% to get back to get back to pass. So, you know, we did some research on this and we, we, we did a study where we realized that actually you could miss the last year of the bull market. If you, you know, even if you miss the last year of a bull market and you exit early and you start hedging early, uh, if you avoid that drawdown, that big drawdown, you are going to compound at a far greater rate over the long term than other people in the market. And it, makes it much easier to generate alpha so that's what this year has been about it's about less it's been about sticking to the thesis that is very old now it's over a year old at this point and just letting it play out 
and that's and, and here we are today. Well, what what has been getting you to stick to it though? And 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 I ask this because I know I've been asked it many times. I'm always curious to know how why, how other portfolio managers view it. You know, you you you're getting pulled from all directions by clients telling you this makes more sense, that makes more sense. How are you able to stick to it? You know, what, what, what's the proof in the pudding to say no? I'm right. You're wrong. Yeah. So you know, the way we do it is we have a you know we have a mental model and we have a system that uh, allows us to create. Uh, a bunch of so when we came into this uh, end of this cycle we said okay these are the things that we think need to happen in order for us to get constructive and actually start uh, unwinding the short positions and going long Um, and there are about 12 or 13 indicators that we're using and basically at certain thresholds we'll unload our short positions or go long or you know, uh, increase the short positions. And we've used that all year and it's worked a, a treat. We're up 6.95% for the year. Um, and we are, we, you know, we're a growth, we're a growth investors. We, we invest in growth and innovation and, you know, our counterparts are down 70%, you know, 60 odd percent year to date. Jeez. So the alpha is real. Um, and it's all about doing less. And it was all about following the following money really. And following these cycles. Jeez, seventy percent. Yeah, I, 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 and you know how we we can know that you have uh, other competitors within our field uh, that are credit heavily credit based, uh, such as uh, Melvin Capital. A few other funds uh, have gone belly up or completely had uh, liquidity issues, and you don't even have to go that far. Uh, you look at the crypto funds and the crypto investors, uh, the bigger ones that have had liquidity issues. Um, though they are not immediately, let's say, like a individual investor or a hedge fund investor, it's the same concept about uh, pigging out on credit and over leverage um, to, to, to put it more simplistic. And your methodology has allowed you to avoid that. You know, so I, I, I like to emphasize that just in case any of my followers can't um, quite keep up with you, but I want them to see that that's what's been holding um, an experienced person like you over is, you know, having a true methodology of why you are picking what you're picking and where the reflexivity comes in to unwind what we have been, you know, uh, winding up on our short position for so long, you know, so I, I'm really happy and proud uh, to say that I have a person who really thinks through what he is doing. So another thing I would say is like, can you give us some context to, okay, so when you were calling these things out in 2021, uh, give us some context to how that plays into 2022. And, and, and let me clean that up. What I'm saying is, you know what's going to happen in 2021. You call it the right way. You have your, your systems that do it. You're playing into 2022, but you have things like the Bank of England and other shocks that how could you expect them? How do you play the defensive? You know what I'm saying? What, what yeah. do you do? <laughs> so I think that's yeah, I think that's really good. I think you know for us, you know, one a couple of our principles within our organization. Uh, one is you know the fact that um, one of ours are is live to trade another day, right? Uh, there's always another day to make money. I think a lot of people have got trapped into this environment of making quick money, and they're they've got all this FOMO and they want to make big money, and they've over they've overexposed themselves and they get caught, and then they are chasing trades and they're trying to 
get in on these bear market rallies and they're burning themselves over and over again. Um, so I think one thing is live to trade another day. And the, and the second one, which is connected to that is put yourself in a position where you are able to be lucky. You know, mm. we have, you know, we've put these shorts in, we've, you know, we've bought these options uh, and like we were putting ourselves in a position where we could get lucky in a sense. We could be in the right place at the right time. And, you know, that's about risk management. That's about uh, having, you know, tight stops in certain positions. That's about understanding how much leverage and margin you have available. And that's obviously also about making yourself, you know, our main objective as well, which I think is important to note, is that we went into this year with one objective in mind. Well, okay, two. (laughs) Preservation of book keep the fund value roughly the same if we can and two cash 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 give me all the cash and then i can and then once everything breaks which we'll see at the end of this year and into 2023 like the pound like some of these investment banks that are over exposed like all these guys on variable rate uh mortgages they're all gonna get caught they're gonna get forced out the market and i'm gonna have all this cash in order to basically uh, get in on all these on this long-term growth trend at amazing valuations, and that's the you know, thesis. I love it. I love it. And what I was going to second with what you're saying is, I am a big champion of raising your capital while you can. Like one of the one of the key things we say in the fund is raise money when you can, not when you have to. So my question to you is, are you guys more so raising it or are you simply saying when we when we are unwinding some of our shorts, we're choosing not to really deploy it all because we're going to stay cash heavy? And whenever we've kind of gone on the long side, you know, we have got a percentage of our book on the long side and we have done and we've gone in and out of things. So, you know, we're raising capital. We're also writing a lot of options. We're collecting Mm -hmm. premiums. We've been collecting premiums since 2021. So, mm. you know, that's, that's on the long side and on the short side. We collect, we're doing cash secured puts and we're doing covered calls. We're even doing naked calls on some of the, you know, to amplify some of the cash we can generate from our short thesis. So that's what we're doing. And, okay. and cash is, cash is going to be king. I agree. And, and, and I don't, I don't use think it. That... You got to use it think... eventually. See, I think the other problem here is that I don't think there's enough institutions or it's not coming through the newswire. The institutions are doing it that it's being covered enough that when you're seeing some of, um, uh, you know, the volume going away from the market, not only is it that a lot of retail traders are gone, but there's a lot of people knowing that a lot of credit funds, a lot of debt laden companies have to flush out and they are waiting. Um, I know a lot of these big investors are waiting, at least from my contacts that I speak to. So, you know, you're spot on. There's a lot of there's a lot of money on the sideline, and that's another thing is, you know, you do have to eventually use it because once this money comes in, then you know you could see some horrendous uh, rallies, something face ripping. So there's another there's a risk here with getting sh- caught on the short side too late, and you know we might see some people trying to chase the short trade and then get burnt themselves there. So. It's about getting in and out before really everyone else is in, right? Like rather be in a trade that no one knows about and get in and out with a nice margin of safety before it becomes the current thing. 
Well, let me ask you this, because I know I don't have you long. Um, we're on different time zones, and I know, you, you know you, you've got to prep for your day. But two questions that I really, really need to know. Um, one question is, what do you see about, like, the cracks that are starting to show themselves in the financial system? Like, you, you, you slightly gleaned upon with um, the Bank of England, Credit Suisse. Uh, you know, what I'm really just saying here is, how, do, how, how are you taking that all in, especially as it plays to keeping cash and, you know, what's your move? You know, what, well, how do you use so, it? Yeah. So our move is really like uh, two things. One, we're waiting for that kind of contagion moment, which I, I think it's really hard to know what's going to break. But you see things starting to wiggle, right? Like the Bank of England, the pension issue they had, the current, the, the problem they're having with their currency right now. Um, and then obviously these investment banks that may have too many niche hedge funds underneath their, underneath their umbrella. And, you know, they're taking on potentially a lot of losses and there's a lot of complexity there that, you know, people don't understand. Um, so I don't even, I'm not even smart enough, um, to, um, I'm not even smart enough to understand, um, exactly what's going to break. All I know is I want to be, uh, out, um, at least into the end of this month for the most part i might start edging in maybe writing some puts on some positions that i may want to enter because i'm not you know i can't catch the exact bottom and then um you know we're really waiting for that contagion moment and it may come out of england it may come out of new zealand it may come out of australia and you know or it might come out of the uh you know out of the us but what we're looking for is some real pain and well uh, i want i I, I want people to know that key thing and not to cut you off i just want to say that key thing is contagion, everyone, contagion. What Charlie is saying and what he thinks is that that moment that says that, okay, these cracks are here, they have really fully shown themselves, and, they're, and, and you know, you start having to look at the other side is when that contagion finally fully shows itself and has spread far enough, you know, uh, for, for a layman term, the contagion of COVID and it's spreading all the way across the supply chains and, and uh, demand, et cetera. So in, yeah. in, in my last question to you, Charlie, what do you think about that long-term growth cycle and, you know, wh- yeah. what's the approach there? So, you know, innovation and technology inflationary in nature. Um, innovation and progress generally gets us out of this mess and new technologies and innovations are always priced at a premium relative to other areas of the market and you know technology can look like anything right it was railways back in the day it was cars at one point you know what's it going to be next is it going to be genomics we don't know yet right like these things change go so uh, one thing i would say is you know we're waiting for the you know the price the sales on a bunch of names that we're looking at to get to an interesting perspective and then we're going to start pulling the trigger um and that's really it but that could take oh. another three months I, I like the fact that you're extremely clear and that uh, that next three months that we're talking about, um, you know, I, I, I very much so within that first quarter of 2023, where we're looking at, I know some people will be like, oh, no, you know, three months is the end of the year. But, you know, we're, I think we'll wrap up this year kind of on the same accord. But coming into that um, into 2023, we should start to get some clarity on, you know, where some of this contagion can be to, to get that. Uh, well, aggressive reversal. Yeah, go ahead. Another thing is, is like two things there before we go, uh, before we end. 
And that's yeah. that um, growth and mid-caps, smaller mid-caps tend to bottom out six to 12 months earlier than the main indexes, which is a big part of our strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and nine times out of 10, they lead equities out of a correction. So that's, that's the play there for us. Um, Boom. So we're, we're okay to be early. Oh, I mean, that one thing about the two of us is that we have been early and I, I want to reiterate one of the main reasons we like being early, um, or I mean, let me not speak for you, but I, I, we, I don't like chasing. I like to be able to structure yeah. my position to where I can build it how I want, average it how I want, and then finally, you know, get to the end of it. Um, so, you know, I don't know if, if, if you're, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I always like that to be the primary way I win because I am never uh, walking into an unexpected <laughs> landmine, you know? That's right. <laughs> yep. It's always nice to be in and out before anyone knows. Correct. That's, that, Correct. that's the way we like to play. <laughs> Charlie, thank you so much. Uh, I love every time you come back on. We talk all the time, but people love hearing from you. I know your clients love hearing from you. Um, you know, Charlie Meadon from Gembot.io. Uh, hey, I know that, sorry, not even to go on a quick tangent before I let you go. I know that you're very close to, um, get, you know, getting the brokerage up and running. You, did you want to say any words about that or are you still, or still on no, the just, hush, hush? Uh, please follow, yeah, follow on Twitter perhaps at Cyborg Charlie and um, we'll be giving updates regarding any, uh, regarding our platform. Uh, and obviously I post about the memos on Twitter too. So that's probably the best place to get there soon. We are looking at launching our brokerage um, in the next uh, kind of month. So that's kind of how we're going with there. We have had some, uh, we've had some delays, but in terms of our strategy, our systematic strategy, the Medition reflexive strategy, we post regular memos via my Twitter and Instagram. So best place to follow me is on Twitter at Cyborg Charlie. All right. I put that in, um, in the description of this episode. Uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Trade Talk. Uh, we've got a few episodes dropping back to back here. Uh, we have a good analysis coming up of uh, a short thesis on T-Mobile. And um, I hope that you tune in to the next few episodes. Charlie Mead, Jembot Io, I thank everyone for listening. Until next time, LA Echo out.